Hey everyone, welcome to the Silicon Alley Podcast. I'm William Glass, CEO and co-founder of Ostrich, a financial platform that is focused on upskilling your finances through social accountability and group challenges the same way the fitness industry works in terms of providing that extra accountability and focusing on the emotional side of money. Sign up at getostrich.com to be a part of the beta. And of course, I am your host of the Silicon Alley Podcast. And on today's episode, I'm really excited to share with you a conversation that I had with Sarah Lee. Now, Sarah, I met over in Thailand where I was doing a Fulbright scholarship and she was part of the Fulbright Thailand portion of the program. And Sarah has a very unique story. Sarah went to school over in Canada and then came back to Thailand where she then joined the Fulbright program where I met her. From there, she ended up in corporate Thailand where she was heading a department, but then one day was was fired and turned that potentially very bad situation into a great opportunity where she now is a YouTuber who has built a very successful following as well as built a coaching business where she's taken the, her expertise and language and has turned that into a business. So I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Sarah Lee. You got no time to waste, but still you hesitate. Caught in a circle saying I'll never leave this place. Got you searching from the bright side over and over until you're looking on the inside. Yeah. One life, there's a feeling that you can't find. Holding the whole one, only keep you on the outside. Sarah, welcome to the Silicon Alley podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. We go way back. I uh, We met in Thailand when I was teaching over there at Fulbright, and Sarah was working with the Fulbright program over in Thailand. And now you're doing some really cool things. So I'm super excited to sit down and talk to you. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sarah, tell me a little bit about yourself. Give me the, the kind of overview of who you are and what you do and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So I, my name is Sarah. I am a native Thai speaker. So I was born and raised in Bangkok. Till I was 25, I left Bangkok to pursue my master's in Canada, in Vancouver. Uh, not really. It's actually Victoria, but I live mostly in Vancouver. Yeah, because I like the city better. <laughs> I moved back to Bangkok in 2013, where I started working for Fulbright Thailand, where I met you. <laughs> and I left a job at Fulbright Thailand in 2000. Let me count. <laughs> 2017 or 18. Yeah. And I moved on to another organization. Yeah. I was actually like looking into doing something on my own for a while because I didn't really like, you know, full-time job, like nine to five kind of thing. So I was looking for, you know, into options, but I was scared to, you know, start anything of my own. And I enjoyed the stability that I know, you know, a full-time job offers right back then. So until 2019, September, yeah, September, 2019, I, I got fired from the job. Yeah. So I had no, I had no choice. Oh, well, I actually had like, you know, some options to go back to the corporate world. Um, but I just feel like it's probably time for me to, to do something on my own. Because I feel that sometimes people didn't really appreciate my work and my efforts when I gave, you know, like one hundred percent. Sometimes I think if I do something on my own, even though I fail, at least I learned something of it, kind of like keep moving forward and, you know, 
trying to be better. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So what was that like? I mean, you had this nice corporate job and then all of a sudden to lose it and then make that decision to go into entrepreneurship. What was that like? It was scary at first because the full-time job paid me really well. I was really feeling comfortable in the bubble for for a little while. And when it got fired, it's like my whole world collapsed. And I felt that, okay, at the end of the month, now I had to figure out how I'm going to pay the bills and stuff, right? The thing is, yeah, the thing is I was pretty lucky because I decided to pursue a lawsuit against them and we settled for some amount of money. And so I kind of live off that money for for a while. Wow. At the same time, because yeah, I I also teach like I teach a lot of stuff. Like I teach Thai, the language, I teach English, and I teach piano. So I'm pretty fortunate that I have these you know language and music skills that I can just kind of make money from them for a while. <laughs> you know, um, awesome. and I got that. That's the reason I got into got into YouTube. The, um, how it started was when I was super stressed with the lawsuit and I decided to just teach for fun on uh, Facebook. So I was teaching English to Thai students, just like enjoying to, you know, give back to the community as much as I could. And then one day I, I was doing that for two months. And one day, um, one of my Fulbright friends, I think you know her, Ned, Siana. Yeah. I know Ned, yeah, yeah. Know her? Yeah. So so she said something like, we want Thai with Sarah too, you know? <laughs> and I know that she's still learning Thai and stuff, right? So that's how I started teaching Thai and I call it the same way I call the English teaching. So I call English teaching English with Sarah. So I just changed the word English to Thai with Sarah. So that's how, was how it started. And there, are, there were a few people in my community to kind of request me to teach Thai because they know that I do it for free, right? So <laughs> yeah. I might as well just do that for Thai and English. Yeah, and then and then um, I got to meet another U- like a YouTuber who had like 1 million subscribers. And I was talking to him about how I should do it on YouTube or not, or like sell an online course. Uh, it was really funny because I was actually looking into options to do that. And I actually okay. contacted a marketing company, but at some, I don't know, for some reason, they turned me down. It's really funny because usually the client gets to turn, to turn them down, right? Not the other way around. But <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, for some reason, they said it couldn't work with me. And so I took the opportunity to maybe just get on YouTube first because yeah. that YouTuber, he said that I might need some exposure, you know, because I was nobody back then, like, no one really know me right so uh maybe it would be better for me to like you know get on youtube and kind of like exploring what it's like you know to monetize on youtube first yeah nice that's awesome yeah Yeah. so that's that's really cool that you're able to find someone that has has had a lot of success on youtube and help you kind of walk through that so is does he, do you yeah. still keep in contact? Has he kind of helped you, guide you through that process of building up your phone? Yeah, your yeah we, we are friends and he has been helping me with a lot of stuff about like microphone problem and audio and <laughs> stuff like that. He gave me like valuable advice and yeah, but um, he started off having like maybe 
like 100 or 1,000 subscribers, and now he's hitting 1.2 million something, yeah. So wow. he said anything. So I actually talked to him a lot about how I should create content, you know, like which topics that I should create content around. And then he said something like, I shouldn't copy my competitors because I was actually told by some people to watch my competitors' videos and create content around it. Kind of like make yourself to be pop, like to pop up in the suggested video area or section. Yeah. But then um, my YouTuber friend said that I shouldn't do that because that's not me. And people watch me because I'm being me, you know? Yeah. I, he said I can do that for a while, but at some point, I'll, I'm not going to enjoy it. And when I don't enjoy, people can see that, that you don't enjoy doing it. So when, I, when you do something out of your passion and you do it because you enjoy doing it, people can sense it and can feel it. No, I love that. I love that. I think you're spot on and yeah. that authenticity is so important. And I remember like you're one of the people that within Fulbright Thailand that really stuck out to me because you were authentically yourself all the time. And I loved that about, about you. So I'm really, I'm really glad that, that you got that advice. And, you know, from what I've seen and like watching videos, like it really does feel like I'm with the real Sarah. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what that's what my audience uh, said to me as well, that what they see is actually like not really just lessons, but like a reality show. <laughs> somehow too. Yeah, it's, gonna it's get great. to see me being myself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're not just educating because anyone can educate and tell you the basics of language. But what makes it interesting mm -hmm. is you and your story and your perspective and how you tie it in and like, I like I like the fact that you that you're very open about the conversations that you're having in real life and bring those in and especially like the conversations around like dating in Thailand if you're an expat and how <laughs> how does that work cuz that's something that is like you're not going to find that in a textbook no one's going to tell you that but that's what people really want to know uh, in real life yeah. and that's that's awesome so I really love that you've gone that route Is that your favorite video? It's one of them. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> I think it's up there. It's uh, it's a good one. Okay, yeah. People love that topic a lot. So what was that process? So you now all of a sudden need to find another job. You enjoy teaching and are doing this on Facebook for free. Ned reaches out and says, we want Ty with Sarah. So how did you go from that to actually okay. starting the YouTube channel and building your brand and business? Well, from scratch, basically, right? I knew nothing about YouTube. And I knew nothing about create content. So if you get to watch my like previous videos, those were like very basic without music background, nothing. And I still say something like, oh, if you subscribe, hit the bell icon, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Just to get people to like subscribe, please. But nowadays, like I don't really say that anymore. Like at the beginning of the video, I just jump into topic. But I used to say that at the end or some put sometimes put caption on. So I knew nothing about it. And I just pretty much uh, apply the method of trial and error. Yeah. Tri error, yeah. Trial and error method. Yeah. So like I, I did that and I just try like, you know, which topic people love or this one, like maybe this video is not doing so well. It gets like, you know, solo views. Like, you know, I'm trying to like kind of analyze the data myself and I actually have someone to help me with the content but she's been really busy lately and she's not kind of you know she's not really involved anymore but during the first couple four 
for five months. Yeah, she was with me. And basically, we just like met every week, like once a week, and then exchange ideas and all that. But she didn't、yeah. want to be on camera, so、okay. it was just me talking. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like you just try what works and go from there. That's awesome. So, have you always been interested in teaching and educating? Because ultimately, that that's that's the business, right? Is that you've got these skills? You,、yeah. you know, speak multiple languages, piano. Like, talk to me a little bit about about that. Well, my absolute goal, like back then, I had no idea. I didn't know. I have no directions whatsoever. Before, I knew for a fact that I just want to make passive income or get into that somehow. But I still had no idea how、mm-hmm. to do that. And then one day before, I think this happened before I got on YouTube. I was actually writing a novel. It's about like dating as well and relationship. It's like a fiction kind of thing. And then I got into YouTube, but so that's why I need to put that on hold last year. So I was I was planning to write that, and hopefully it will become、uh, an international hit, and it will pay me <laughs> off later. Yeah. So once I get into once、um, everything on YouTube is stable, and once I finish the project in San Francisco, I'm going to San Francisco next month. Once I get all everything done, I will get back on track for writing that novel again to resume writing that because that's my that's my my, my other passion is to to write and、that's、I、awesome. I wrote that in English. Yeah. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, writing a novel as well as building up this business, YouTube business,、yeah. and wanting to get that in a place where you've got some good passive income. What? Yeah, yeah. Have you always been entrepreneurial in nature? Is that something that was kind of just thrust upon you when you were no longer with the the company and you had all this free time? Like, what? Have you always had that kind of desire and drive? I actually start to have this entrepreneurial spirit when I hit maybe thirty one or thirty two. Okay. Because I feel like this is not fun going to work, make this much money, and although I had the best time at Fulbright, it wasn't an, an NGO, and I didn't really make much there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I believe in law of attraction and manifestations, and I believe that if I'm actually passionate about doing something. And not worry so much about how money's you know money's gonna come. I think at some point or somehow money will come to my life. But this is probably not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like working at Fuber Thailand. Like、sure. I mean, it's、yeah. great experience, but I don't own it. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like okay, I got to do something about it. But how I'm gonna do it with my skills that I have? Okay, teaching language,、uh, intercultural communication skills, stuff like that. How can I build my business? But still, it's more like active income. I still need to trade time with money, right? And I have only twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. So I was trying to look into ways to do it, and I got into an MLM business,、uh, Nuskin, and it was a great experience. But I figure out it wasn't for me. Sure, I didn't、yeah. enjoy. It. I didn't enjoy it. But at the same time, I learned some business skills. I learned how to, you know, handle with rejections because people are gonna say no all the time, right? For this kind of business. So yeah, that that's. I think I've learned a lot from M M business, but at the same time, like I felt there gonna be something else for me. It cannot be just that. That's not the only way to make passive income. 
and I was kind of like trying to look into options and exploring my options while I still keep a job at Full Buy Thailand, right? Um, I, honestly, I had no directions and I got a little depressed with my life because I didn't enjoy doing it. Uh, as much as I enjoy my time with Fulbright, I feel like I could do much more, you know, with sure, my skills. Yeah. And so like, that's why I was looking for a new job and then I got a new job again. Everything went well. I really enjoy, you know, heading the department and all that. And I got fired and I'm like, all right, maybe it's time, you know, <laughs> to come up with something. So I'm a kind of person who always does more than a hundred percent right and sometimes when i do that with like corporate job they don't think it's a good idea because i do much more than expected and they're not gonna pay me more you know yeah, they're, exactly. they're sometimes they appreciate that but they're not gonna pay me more or i'm yeah. not gonna enjoy the benefits of whatever profits that they are entitled so i feel that i'm a kind of person who love to you know anything that's challenging and so doing this on my own is challenging every month. So I love anything that is challenging. Anything that's like simple, complete a task, no need to come up with any more solutions anymore. Those bore me a lot. And so, yeah, I think I'm like that all the time, even with school too. Some subjects that I failed back then was because it was boring and I didn't feel like I enjoyed it. But it was like math or language or art. I enjoyed those subjects a lot. Yeah. Gotcha. No, that's cool. And it, it makes sense. It's like having that desire to own something. And if you're going to work harder, and that's exactly for me, why entrepreneurship, I think, is so powerful. Because if you're going to work harder than someone else, or you're going to give more than 100%, but you're not going to get compensated appropriately for that. Really only entrepreneurship and, you know, there's a few other careers that will allow you to right. see more benefit from the extra effort that you're putting in. So I love that. I love that. I couldn't agree more. So what's been your experience as a business owner, YouTube creator, content creator, and coach? Well, actually my public speaking skills back then wasn't that great. I was having this so-called, what's it called? Stage fright, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, when I got on Facebook first time teaching, I was shaking, I think. My voice was shaking a little bit. I think I have learned a lot from this because all I had was fears. Fear of making mistakes, fear of embarrassing myself, fear of like maybe mispronounce some word in English and making a fool myself, you know? But I learned that those mistakes are they're pretty trivial like no one really cares about it you know as long, yeah. as, long as you like keep on going and all that so from me who wasn't being able to like talk on camera at all live and now i'm just doing it like almost every week pretty chill i still have i was still like nervous here and there but like compared to like back then i think i have gone so much like, i have gone so far from like being nervous and can control the situation, can it just like keep the show like, you know, going without having to cut it off? Like, cause I did that before on Facebook. It's like, oh my God, I couldn't say anything else. Bye. And then I do it again. <laughs> and now it's like pretty much just like, I can just wing it, you know? I improvise all the time. And I love without script, like I can just go out 
a live stream for my audience and show them more of Thailand and my country and also teach them some Thai along the way. Yeah. That's awesome. I really love that. I really love that, yeah. that growth and being so nervous the first time to now it's, you don't even have to, to necessarily prepare a script if you just generally know what you're going to talk about and be able to have a really right. good show and conversation right. with your audience. That's, that's amazing. Right. So what's been, what's been the biggest adjustment for you now having the business, building your YouTube audience and your coaching practice? Yeah, self-discipline is very important, which I didn't have at all before. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I consider myself quite lazy when okay. I didn't have schedule planned for me. Yeah, so like full-time jobs were good back then to kind of discipline me. And so when I came out of the corporate world, I need to self-discipline myself. I need to have self-discipline in order that I can, in order that to complete each assignment or task that I plan for the day, right? But at first, when I started YouTube, it was kind of all over the place. I was working pretty much all the time. Like I didn't rest enough. I didn't sleep enough. I didn't eat enough at all. And just pretty much just full on working. And I posted on YouTube three times uh, a week before which is a lot yeah pretty much just like you know shoot like film following day edit and you do that like alternately so that makes like seven days already yet i learned a lot to to kind of set aside times for myself for entertainment and to relax and recharge my battery too at the same time i think I actually work much harder when i'm on youtube and do this by myself even more than i give at any organizations in the past because I really enjoy doing it. And when yeah. I when I like edit my videos, I usually go over so many times because I know that once the videos are put out there, I cannot change or fix it anymore. And they're gonna be there forever. Yeah. They're gonna be part of my passive income. Yeah. So I learned to be less perfect. I mean like because I also consider myself perfectionist. And so that's why it takes a lot of time to edit video for me. Some people might, you know, spend less hours. But for me, like one one video, especially if it's, if it's singing, it could take up to like 50 hours. Wow. Yeah, because I sing to play piano and I film explaining the lyrics, captioning, subtitle, you know, yeah. pretty much like it's, it's a lot of work. And, and I kind of stopped doing the music thing for a while now. So. <laughs> but um, but it's really worth it because one video, uh, national Thai national anthem, was watched by some professor in San Francisco. She's Thai, and that's why I'm going to San Francisco because she found me, and she loved my national anthem video, and that's the reason that she's gonna have me in her project that's awesome that's awesome yeah. i love that and you can see you're seeing the results of putting in that time and effort to produce such high quality content that you're now going out to san yeah. francisco and have a collaboration that's huge yeah and it's like i didn't expect anything out of it not like even with like youtube too like i didn't expect that it will pay off this soon because i know at some point i might have an online program or course right but when when i like looking back now, like when I look back at it, I feel like, oh yeah, I actually gave a hundred percent. I didn't really hope or expect anything to happen anytime soon. 
I didn't even know if people are gonna love my video or not. I just I just did it because I love doing that. And I want to yeah. make sure that it's like coming out great and the best I could. And now it's how it's you know paying off. Just awesome. It's amazing. It's like every time people ask me like, why are you doing like so much on YouTube? And I say, I just love doing it. And then yeah. when they ask me how I make money from it, I said, I don't know. All I know is when I enjoy doing something, money will come to me somehow. That's what I said to them. And they just laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And it's been only what, six, not even six months, full six months yeah, since you really not, started yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. Like not even six months. So. <laughs> That's incredible. Like you've been able to grow your audience already yeah. and just like where you're, where you're headed, the trajectory, it's, it's been fun to watch. And like, I feel like you just started and it's crazy. So, so I want to go back. You, you've brought it up a couple times and I really love this, the law of attraction and manifesting mm -hmm. income yeah. and, and things like that. Where does that come from? Have you always felt that way? Or is that something that you learned? Like what, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I was uh, a negative person. I was pretty pessimistic back then. Uh, I grew up in a family where a lot of like, you know, we had a lot of negativity being discussed in our family. And I'm pretty sure like my mom, my dad didn't really realize about this. Like, I, I actually talked to them about this like recently too, you know, how we can <laughs> make our life better and stuff like that. Yeah. By just being positive. Right. Yeah. And I think I, I didn't blame them for that. That's how they grew up. And that's how we, you know, were raised in this society. Right. The thing is, my mom, I think my mom sent me a video about how negativity can actually, you know, make us sick and stuff like that. I think that was like maybe six, seven, eight years ago. I didn't okay. really think anything out of it. I just feel like how can positivity cure our health and stuff like that? Like, I didn't believe, I didn't buy that. And then later on, I think I saw some maybe advertisements about manifestations, you know, like how you can make your life better and all that. And also this MLM business thing, you know, they usually try to get you into law of attraction too, because law of attraction is like huge part of MLM, right? You, know, you need to believe because it's not a, an easy business. You know, yeah. you need, yeah, you need to persist a lot. You need to kind of like not give up. And so like they use a lot of LOA, I call it LOA, Law of Attraction, yeah, LOA yeah. techniques and stuff like that. But for me in the past, maybe starting, I started to get like really serious and read into it, like read a lot about Law of Attraction in 2017, maybe 16 or 17. And I still felt, I actually bought a course Commented face station miracle. I think it's a good program. It's only like $29. And it was fine, you know, like I took the advice and all that, but I still it didn't work. You know, it didn't work the way I wanted to, sure. to work for me. And I looked deeper into it and kind of like dug deeper, like what was it that actually like stopped me from growing or from making money? Because for me, I feel like I have a lot of, a lot of people usually say to me like, Sarah, you know, you have a lot of skill, you have a lot going on, a lot to offer. Like they expect me, they expect that I'm making a lot of money. They, they assume that I'm making a lot of money, but it's something that I always felt embarrassed to share or to talk about it because I didn't really make as much as, money as people assume that I did you know yeah because of the skill like not so many people in Thailand can speak English the way I do 
But at the same time, I feel like, what am I doing? Why didn't I make that much money yet? You know, I'm already like, let's say I was already like 32, 33, right? And so like, I was kind of like beating myself off a little bit, like kind of be hard on myself. And I learned about law of attraction and it didn't work, it didn't work. I was kind of like chill for a little bit, like kind of let go and surrender to the universe. And then one day I got this job at an organization that paid me almost double from what I made at Fulbright Thailand. Wow. And then plus one month vacation. <laughs> paid, <laughs> nice. paid, voca- paid vacation too. So I was like, okay, it's kind of working for me, right? And then later I got fired and I'm like, what's going on, you know? So I studied more and more about law of attraction and manifestations. And until like recently, I just feel like, okay, this is it. Like I need to do something to make more money because this is scary. Like I was pretty much like month to month, you know, in terms of yeah. income. And I needed to borrow some money from my dad too. And I kind of feel bad about it, even though my dad said it was okay. And so I told him like, look, let me finish this book. I'm going to I'm gonna finish it. I'm going to sell it. And it's going to be an international hit. I knew it. Like, I had a feeling. I was going to do that. And then I was kind of dreaming a lot about going to San Francisco. And I actually been telling people that I was going since last year. And I picked San Francisco because that's like one of the destinations that I always want to go. I don't know sure. for some reason. I, I, I have been telling people I'm going to San Francisco. I'm going to San Francisco. Like kind of fighting my way to go either with university visits or whatever, because I was part of the educational consultancy for a bit with my friends. And I was like, I don't know, somehow I'm going to go to San Francisco, either through, you know, university visits, either through agency or whatever. Yeah. And then one day, like a month ago, I just got a phone call from this professor and she asked me what I was doing, like for, for a living. And I said, I didn't do much. <laughs> I just <laughs> spent a lot of time on YouTube and tried to finish this novel. And then she's like, how about you do this? Like, so she, you know, extend a, an invite to to join her project right yeah so that's, that's how awesome. it's like all started and i was like screaming with joy because like oh my god like really and it was really fascinating because she said she would like she was going to fund everything she was just paying for my flight and i wouldn't have to pay anything when i'm in san francisco it's like how could it happen like i didn't even have means to do it at <laughs> yeah. all yeah and and she is very famous in this field like thai teaching and learning and basically she saw the potential in me and she believed in me so i mean for me i knew that at some point maybe like 10 years along her i would be famous right but to be able to join her project like in this short period of time actually gives me a lot of opportunity to grow and to get yeah. more and more exposure in a very like maybe like two or three months after we finished you know project together so that's why i think these things cannot be coincident it's just me believing in myself more and more every year you yeah. know it's like when you have like issues to work on you kind of have to dig deep into them and kind of like work on them first right and yeah. all i think it all boils out to self-love too because I feel like I wasn't worth it. I wasn't, I wasn't enough, right? 
I'm not talking about relationship stuff, but more like I felt that I didn't deserve to make money. I didn't deserve those. I don't. I didn't deserve money. I didn't deserve to be able to live off my fortune, right? Because I feel like okay, maybe I'm good. Maybe I'm like you know super good, but at the end of the day, this is how much I made, and I let that define who I am or how much I can bring to the table. And it's just wrong. So I think I start to kind of work on my issues and my insecurity with money, and that's when it started to like pick up and get better. Yeah, that that's really important that you need to ask yourself first. Like, why do you think you don't deserve to make that much money? Why do you think you cannot make that much money? Is it because you don't believe in yourself? Is it because you think money is hard to make? It has to involve hard work only. You cannot enjoy doing it. You cannot enjoy making money. Yeah, so like those questions, I ask myself and try to kind of like work on them and like solve them bit by bit. Mm-hmm. And then I manifested a trip to San Francisco, and yeah, the best partner I could <laughs> ever ask for. So yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. I love that story and the focus on self first and how you were really focused on. Figuring out how to get to San Francisco, and even before you had it figured out, you were telling people, "I'm going to San Francisco. I'm going to San Francisco," and being able to manifest that—that's that's really incredible. Yeah. So this is a conversation that I think will be really interesting, especially since you grew up in the Thai culture, which is mm-hmm. is is different than the U.S. There's obviously similarities yeah. in certain respects. Yeah. But some of the same things that you described are very similar to the U.S. About a lot of people not feeling like they're, you know, they're only worth the, the dollar amount on their paycheck, or because they didn't go to a fancy college or an Ivy League school that they're not worth whatever. So, can you tell me a yeah. little bit about like what it's what it's like in the Thai culture when it comes to money and finances and? Yeah, for sure. For us, money. Is a way to climb the social status and ladder. Okay. Honestly, I feel Thai people don't really care so much about saving up, which I mean we're supposed to, but they don't really care. I see a lot of people spend money and are afraid of like asking for the price before they pay or something like that. I'm not a kind of person who will be like embarrassed asking how much I have to pay before ordering. Sometimes they don't have. The price on the menu, or sometimes you don't really know what the yeah. price is. So I'm not really like embarrassed. I don't feel embarrassed or afraid to ask, right? But Thai people about this kind of thing, we have this concept called face losing. And so like sometimes Thai people wouldn't dare to ask or be honest about, hey, you know, how much money I have to pay? Can you tell me more? They would just whatever pay for it and then think about it later or regret later. About this money thing and saving up, I think. Not so many people. How can I put it? I think some people probably like think about saving up and stuff like that. But mostly millennials in Thailand, they're pretty comfortable, you know, living with family and all that. And I've seen a lot of them not really caring so much about saving up for the future. I think for you guys, right, when you hit maybe eighteen or twenty, you already move out. Yeah. Yeah, or, college or after college. Yeah, usually most people want to move out, move on their own. It's like a yeah. Yeah, I think in like non American culture, you guys are trained somehow to be responsible for your living at some point, right? But in Thai culture, because you're from individual individualistic, you know, culture, and yeah. that's different from us because we are. 
collectives culture mm -hmm. where we help each other like family helps each other and that's why uh, sometimes the kids still you know leaving off parents money and stay with them yeah i don't know i feel i feel that non-american culture kind of train you guys to be a little more responsible for your life because for us it's like at the end of the day our parents will still support us not sure about you guys but like yeah <laughs> i think it depends on the family but <laughs> yeah. yeah it depends on the family right in terms yeah. of money for me what i've seen the difference when i was living in canada what i've seen is like people are not afraid to ask for the price they have to pay they have to make clear first or they would be asking about discounts and all that right but for us thai people i don't know i feel like we we don't talk much about money and stuff okay i guess yeah interesting did, yeah, I, did, did i answer your question you did yeah yeah i just want to explore okay. the, yeah the differences because you know, for, yeah. for the most part, every guest that I've had has been either from the US or from the UK or somewhere, you know, that, that has similar concepts around money and things like that, that mm. we've explored. But having lived in Thailand for a year, I understand that there's, it's, it's, very, it's different, right? Like there's a lot of more communal, as you mentioned, yeah. and the family is, is much more important to give back to, to support, to support others. Yeah, Whereas yeah. in the U.S., for the most part, it's very much like parents and children, and that's kind of it, maybe grandparents, but it's just, yeah. it's different. So I'm just curious because there's, there's definitely, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I've, I didn't grow up in the Thai culture and don't, don't know what that, mm. what that's like. Yeah. And it's like, it's very interesting for the concept of dowry too, because you guys don't have that in your culture. It's being controversial. And I already covered this topic in my, uh, one of the videos. Yeah. I totally understand about how some of you might see it as like buying women as a commodity and all that, right? But like, because the money for us is not, it's not just money. Money shows stability of a person. And as, as I mentioned earlier about how money can make someone climb up their you know, social ladder and status, yeah. right? And so, yeah, like it's pretty big topic. And I was proud to actually be able to explain that concept to the world. You know, some people still disagree and all that, and I totally understand. And actually has a solution myself for my future husband. <laughs> yeah. um, my parents actually, they don't sweat over dowry much. And they even said, if we're not going to have dowry at all, it's totally fine. But I mean, I know that deep down they want, they want some dowry to be presented at this ceremony, right? But I know for a fact that they will return the dowry to us as a money gift to start our family which is a really nice thing. I think that's oh, a great concept to have, right? Like, okay, you, you know, give some money to us and we keep it for a day. Because <laughs> usually the engagement, engagement ceremony is like a day before wedding, wedding day, right? So, and then they return it <clears throat> to the couple to start a life together. I think that's, that's a nice concept. I think yeah. a lot of people from North America or like Europe or wherever, some of them don't really know that most families now we return the money to the couple yeah. interesting yeah no it's that's that's definitely something that's unique and an interesting interesting concept because yeah that's not common here so yeah interesting interesting so how would you describe your relationship with money we talked a little bit about about it but if you were to, to describe yeah, yeah. it how would you how would you describe that i'm still working on the field of you know spending money because according to manifestations, <laughs> we're not supposed to 
feel that we wasting money when we spend money or feel like we're losing money right because if we feel like when we feel that kind of fear then it will bring us more of the fear of losing money and, and it, we're gonna end up spending more and more money and not making money so the way i see money is money comes and goes it doesn't stay and it doesn't leave me either it's like you get it and you spend like it's not like you losing or you wasting your money when you spend money it's like you get something in return for example you pay for electricity you get electricity you get water you get hydro you get to live comfortably in your home so that that's how i see it so Nowadays, I'm still trying to work on my, you know, insecurity and money. Like, I'm not saying it's like completely 100% like heal yet. It's like, I feel I still have some fear about spending money still, you know. And also, yeah. I think it's very important to be generous. As in like, when I go out, when I go to a restaurant, I tip people. When I go for a massage, I tip people. Before, I didn't tip them. Because I feel like I don't want to spend, you know, I don't want to give away. Like, why would I have to give another 50 or 100 baht? You know, I was already making less, right? Yeah. But once I start to be generous and tip more, money comes to me somehow, like more money. Because I didn't show, I didn't act like I'm losing anything. Because I feel, you know, um, I enjoy the gift of giving to other people. And when sure. I do that, money loves me more money comes <laughs> back to me tenfold you know yeah so that that's how i believe right every time i feel like oh my god i don't want to tip so much no no sarah no 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 no. you can tip so much because money can come to me all the time from unexpected sources you know like that's what i believe and so my yeah. relationship with money is getting better and i'm still working on it and every time that i feel about spending money wasting money or losing my money on anything i would tell myself like hey look look back in the past how i overcame it how i manifested the trip how i manifested this amount of money if i can do it in the past if it already happened why wouldn't happen again right yeah. it can keep happening and happening yeah so it's not really about being super positive about money but it's mm -hmm. more like i change my um perception about how money comes and goes i mean there's there of course there's gonna be some moment that i feel like oh my god i shouldn't have spent that and it's totally fine and that's the thing about law of attraction and manifestation too it is when you you know being so hard on yourself or when you beat yourself up because you feel negative about that yeah it's gonna add more of negativity right because sure. when we feel negative about ourselves we should tell ourselves it's okay. It's okay to feel moody. It's okay to feel angry today. It's okay yeah. to feel negative today. But it doesn't mean that, you know, all negativity will come back to our life. It doesn't work that way. As long as we pull ourselves back on track yeah. and be positive again. Yeah. So that's what I believe. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And the fact that like you're more conscious of it, but at the same time, less attached to money, right? You let it flow in and out tipping and being generous in, in your everyday life and being open to having income or opportunities come from other sources like San Francisco. So I really like that. It sounds like you're onto something, I think. <laughs> oh, one more thing about money though, because I charge a lot for my private lessons. And before I used to feel, I used to feel guilty about it because mm -hmm. <laughs> I charge so high. 
And I feel like I feel like as a teacher, you shouldn't charge so much. You know, teaching is something that shouldn't be involving a lot of money. And that's something that I changed because I need to tell myself it's okay. As much as I teach for free on YouTube, I deserve to earn a lot of money from private lessons too. So yeah. if you feel bad or guilty about making money, you're gonna stop making a lot of money. So you have to change that. That's what I yeah. believe. I love that. Yeah, it's also about knowing yeah. the value of what you're of what you're doing, right? Like when you're yeah. doing coaching, it's different. One-on-one coaching is yeah. very different than YouTube yeah. and creating yeah. content. So I love that that yeah, you know exactly. your worth yeah. and are willing to charge a premium for your time and your expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So. Talk to me about future Sarah. When you think about your dreams, goals, aspirations, what are you, what are your goals? What are your dreams and what are you really going after? What does future Sarah look like? I want to live either in Canada or the States six months and I will live in Thailand for six months. Possibly, possibly, probably like um, one month in Bangkok, one month in Canada, like back and forth like that. Because if I'm going to be still on YouTube, I also need to make content about Thailand. And it wouldn't be a good idea for me to stay in Canada or the States for six months, you know, mm. and unless okay. I can do like a bunch of videos for six months. But I love live streaming and I love anything that's live. <laughs> so <laughs> my plan would be like travel back and forth between the States and Canada, maybe every two months or three, I don't know yet. But uh, I have a very positive feeling about this project, like an online course with the professor. Sure. And so uh, we're talking about the amount of money that we could make. And after that, I could be anywhere in the world because I mostly teach online anyways. Like I use Zoom, Zoom as well, mm-hmm. which is my students. And I'm hoping to expand my class to like, multiple students like up to a hundred right we can do that on zoom yeah uh, if i can do that i can make i can make quite good money as well and you know on top of the online course that's going to give me passive income yeah so my plan is to travel the world because i haven't done that at all in the past i was working my ass off all the time <laughs> and um i when i was in canada i didn't even get to ski because i didn't have money or time yeah. to do it it's expensive. More like more of money thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't get to explore um, Canada much, even though I was already there. Yeah. And so I kind of regret, but at the same time, it's like, all right, I can do anytime I want. No need to regret about it. Yeah. So it's my plan. I want to travel the world. I want to explore other cultures. I want to talk to people of different cultures. And yeah, it's. I love hearing stories from people. You know, like they're inspiring me as well. And I love to inspire, inspire students here in Thailand. I love love to, yeah, I love to tell them, don't give up, everything is part of learning curve, you know? And one day um, I really wanna be like the trainer of trainers, like coaching teachers, tutors, uh, you know, like create a better, greater impact in the community because teaching is my passion. And I know I cannot do that alone, you know? So I really want to like, you know, maybe establish a foundation or community and, you know, encourage people to volunteer. Because at the end of the day, my absolute goal is to volunteer full-time. Like, and people said like, 
Yeah, I did that before. I actually did that, but not full time with my ministries. I am I'm a Christian. I was super religious before, so I was involved in a lot of ministries mm-hmm. before, and I taught a lot for free. And then I asked myself, like, why am I doing this? I need to take care of myself first, <laughs> right? And so right now I'm doing it, but still, I mean, I still volunteer here and there. And yeah, I I always tell people, don't wait for volunteer. Like, you don't need to be super ready financially before you can volunteer. But at the same time. Yeah. Don't do that to torture yourself. Make sure you take care of yourself and then you can volunteer for fun, for passion or whatever, but make sure that you're financially stable as well. Don't volunteer yeah. for everything. Yeah. No, I, I love so, that. Yeah, you can still give back, yeah. but yeah, make sure you take care of yourself too. That's important. Yeah, you have to take care of yourself, your family, and you got to do what you got to do first. You know, you can help it by a bit. I like that traveling and that that's awesome is there anywhere specific that you want to go you went to canada and explore, <laughs> i want yeah i want to ski so much i want to ski <laughs> okay I'm so bored and i love i love hiking i love hiking i love nature i love mountains i love beaches so i cannot really be in bangkok like forever because <laughs> it's boring here for me you know there's a lot of traffic uh the nightlife's good but i mean I'm kind of too old for that now <laughs> I got you. Yeah. You want to do other things. You want to be in the outdoors and uh, it's, yes. it's hard to do that I in a big city. I love outdoor activities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Totally. Cool. So what advice yeah. would you give to someone who wanted to follow in your footsteps? I think each people has, you know, their own approach okay. and techniques, right? How to, you know, work around, get around that. But my piece of advice would be, Explore all of your options. What do you like doing the most? What do you enjoy doing? And if you enjoy doing something, just do it. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Because I was a kind of person who procrastinates a lot. And I never got anything done or started anything. I'm also a perfectionist. So when I started doing YouTube, it was really hard for me to finish one video. And it was because of that. That's why it stopped me from being on YouTube maybe a month earlier because I feel like I was scared of not being not perfect, you know? Yeah. And so my, yeah, I usually tell people like, if you want to do something, don't wait until you need to make it perfect or you know for sure it's going to be perfect. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. That's why my very first videos were like without <coughs> music, nothing, you know, yeah, something you just- like that. So you got to do it. you got to start somehow, right? And people are like, okay, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. It's like, no, just do it now. It doesn't have to be perfect. And yeah. when you learn from your mistakes, it's like, it's priceless because it's your own mistakes that people cannot teach you. It's your own lessons. And everyone has their own unique lessons, right? So, I mean, we can learn from other people, but wouldn't it be better if we can learn from ourselves? And don't yeah. be so hard on yourself. Just gradually pacing uh, with your own, you know, tempo. Yeah, like I think learning by yourself and listening to people who are successful at the things that you want to achieve, that's probably like, it's probably, yeah, that's not advice for me, like learn from them. At the same time, you need to kind of adapt those techniques and experiences from them because every of us has different unique like qualities and traits yeah. and experience yeah 
I love that. Yeah, it's great advice. And yeah, I think you hit on some really important things around, you know, just, just do it. Like why wait? And you've just got to start and pay attention to the people that are doing it well and follow their footsteps, see what they do. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. And also like about money thing, I totally understand when you first start, you might be a little scared of, you know, so you don't need to quit a full-time job or maybe you can, you know, find a way to make like a stable income and do it as a side project or something. Right. But for me, I had no choice. So I just started it and yeah. But the thing is when you enjoy doing something, money will come your way. And if you're worried about how money is going to come, then you're going to spend time worrying about how money is going to come instead of <laughs> put it, giving it all to what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I never worry about money for like three, four months. I was like, whatever. Okay, I'm broke. I acknowledge that. But I don't care. Like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But it takes sense. time. It takes time and practice to, to reach that point. And everyone has different timelines. So you need to... Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up just because you fail sometimes. Keep going, you know, and yeah. love yourself a lot. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's important. See yes. your worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I've got a few more wrap up questions. And yeah, what, definitely. What's the best investment you've ever made? Best investment? Hmm. My time for YouTube, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You mean you're talking about money or time? It's, it's however time, you right? interpret it. Yeah, and however you interpret it. I would say YouTube because it's probably the first project that I ever well, completed so far because I'm a kind of person who loves initiating projects and I could never like finish any of them. Okay. Like... That's why it, it's, you know, it's good for me to head a department. I can come up with projects and all that. I can just let people do them, you know, <laughs> and like that. Yeah. And so YouTube is actually the very first project that I got to keep on going and treat it like my own business. Because um, I did cons- consultancy last year too, but it didn't work well. And I just kind of like give up, mm-hmm. you know, I just had these ideas a lot, you know, work on website. I know the basics of, you know, building a website too. So I built a lot of websites last year, but I just ditched them all. Right now I'm just like, just YouTube. Yeah. 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 So getting YouTube, that's why I said it's good to explore your options. You have to like, you have to learn about them and get to experience all of them first before you're making, you know, a decision which way or which direction you're going to go for. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think YouTube is the best investment because it's how that one video was watched by someone and she was the person who gonna, who's going to change my life. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that yeah. answer. Yeah. What would you say the best and the worst part of entrepreneurship is? Yes. Best is you are your own boss. You get to design your own life. You get to design your own work, content, you get to say that this is yours, right? Because when I was doing, you know, M- an MLM business back then, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was told by my upline people that, okay, so like treat, like, treat it like your own business. But I didn't feel that it was, you know? But when you get to do something of your own, for real, it's like, you kind of, you're proud of it. You're really, really proud of it that this is like your baby. You cannot just leave it, you know? 
so like that's the best part i think you, you learn so much from it and the worst part is insecurity instability about uh, finances okay um and if you're a lazy person it's kind of hard to kind of like force yourself to to get through the day and to get some work done yeah. and that was me before but i learned from it anyways yeah the worst part would be you don't get this comfortableness of getting money at the end of the month yeah and maybe like you need to set aside some benefits for like some money for medical benefits too right mm-hmm. because when you don't work full-time you need to make sure that you're you know you have some money for that as well or side up with the program that the government offers so it's totally different because when i was in fulbright i got like a premium grant <laughs> medical benefit right yeah i could just stay at any private hospitals you know so, yeah so yeah that's that's the worst part i think but once um you get to the point where you make a lot of money and like super secure financially then you'll be fine this yeah. part gonna be the best part yeah nice i love that i love that yeah what is the dumbest money mistake you've made <laughs> that's a good question well kind of dumb maybe not sure if it's the dumbest so i was investing in affiliate marketing program okay, okay? um i think the company is in canada victoria canada and i was with them for like three years so i paid 299 every year i was hoping to get some money from amazon and being uh, affiliate right you know what mm-hmm. it is right affiliate yeah, yeah yeah so yeah but like i was lazy and i didn't treat it like as my own business and i was like kind of like oh whatever like you know so i kept i kept paying that amount that fee for like three years but i didn't do anything but i learned the skills for building websites and that's about it and i get some free photos gotcha. from <laughs> from yeah yeah so basically that that's about it but i decided i decided to just like end it last year just like two months ago yeah basically i, I didn't want to pay anymore because i kept telling myself i'm gonna pay for another year and I, this time i'm gonna keep doing it right and i failed for two years straight so i'm like all right so so i paid for three years in total because like i remember that the end of the first year i was like all right are you gonna do this sarah okay let's do it so i pay again and then at the end of the second year i was like all right i'm gonna do it again okay let's do it <laughs> so third year i'm like okay this is it yeah and also i have I already have youtube so yeah you got time exactly that makes sense that makes sense so that's like the worst investment so i pay like how much almost uh a hundred a thousand dollars for nothing not really nothing i i got something out of it but like you know it's no. like part of the education i would say yeah that makes sense yeah yeah you got a positive spin on it you get something out of it but yeah yeah <laughs> It's like it's part of learning curve always. Everything I see is part of learning curve. And, la- and like I said earlier about money, right? If I see that something that I'm, you know, have wasted, then it's not going to come back to me. So, yeah. right now I'm just like, "Ah, eh, whatever." Yeah. Yep. You 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 learned that you learned from that mistake. Now time to focus on YouTube mm-hmm. and everything else that you're doing. So, cool. Exactly. What would you say yeah. is the most frivolous way you've spent money in the past? Um, for like filler, I like Botox. <laughs> <laughs> I 
nice okay i mean i probably yeah. i probably needed needed it but like i didn't have to do that all at once i can choose either like botox first and maybe filler later but like <laughs> i kind of like jump into like this you know pain for all of that i mean the sales girl was pretty good <laughs> you know? gotcha. um, That's a good yeah one. i i usually i usually like um couldn't resist I, I can't resist the temptation stuff like this it's about like beauty appearance you know yeah. um i usually just give in like honestly but every time i'd be like no I, I usually just keep my credit card at home so that i cannot use it that's smart that's smart i like that <laughs> like the, le- the latest one that i actually like given was the procedure for my scar because i always have this problem with scar and I think the salesperson, he was so kind. Uh, he was like really cheerful. And I told him, I said, I didn't have budget, I a budget for it. And when he said, you can do an installment for 10 months, like zero interest. And I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so, so the installment plan is really something that gets me a lot, like all the time, always. Cause like, if they do like one, you know, lump sum of money, I probably couldn't afford right but yeah. if they offer me like 10 months you know installment without any interest at all i'd be like okay it's only like 30 dollars a month yeah. dangerous because it, it could i have to tell myself it could add up too so i need to be i need to be careful but at the yeah. same time i kind of enjoy you know the benefits of like being a little yeah. prettier <laughs> But I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Appearance, beauty, and yeah. how you feel is obviously really important. Yeah, so. it's kind of important for me because I'm on YouTube, but yeah. I try not to overdo it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. that's that's also important to still look like me. Sarah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this next question, I'm going to switch a little bit. It's what's the biggest yeah. challenge facing everyday Americans, but Rather than Americans, what's the biggest challenge facing everyday ties when it comes to finances? I think the cost of living here is so high compared to the minimum wages or wages in general. It's like there's a okay. big gap. I think like because like when you go to a restaurant, like I know like one dish costs you like almost ten dollars now in Thailand, mm-hmm. and it's not even like a nice restaurant, just like normal restaurant. And I think the average people make here, it's about like 20 grand by a month, which is like $600 or something. Okay. Right? Yeah. Which is pretty, which is pretty interesting. Like how can you survive? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And that's why people tend to have like second, third job and this MLM business, you know, are doing so well to not really like lure, you know, quoted people in, but like, they would offer this dream job or dream opportunity and all that, right? Yeah. Um, I, I know that a lot of people like ask me to like what kind of second job they should do and all that, you know. That's just like unfortunate that like we have this huge gap between, you know, people who are so rich and others who's like just so poor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. And that's it's it's interesting that you say that because obviously you know, from an American lens, you come in and you're like, the perception from foreigners is, wow, Thailand's very inexpensive yeah. because they're comparing it to your own cost of living. But 
you don't think about right, right. what what the cost of living is for everyday you know everyday Thai people, and then what the yeah, incomes yeah. are, and that's that's really interesting. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's something that draws a lot of tourists to Thailand. Yeah, but is actually yeah. a problem in the country, which is really really interesting. Right, right. But if you live in like countryside or rural area, shouldn't be much problem though, because like okay. I'm talking about. Like pretty much Bangkok or in the city. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And then final question: If you were gonna go back and give some advice to your 13-year-old self, what advice would you give 13-year-old Sarah? Hmm. Wow. Maybe about being negative. Okay. About um, how I didn't love myself enough, and I also went through um, afraid of having bulimia. Okay. okay. So. Uh, for a little while so I had bulimia from like that around that age like 13 14 until 20 25 26 wow but it was like not not severe I didn't make myself throw up or anything but just like went through the phrases of like binging and purging right like I would feel guilty about having food and eating and all that so if I could turn back time or like give advice to myself back then I'd be like it's okay to be fat (laughs) (laughs) okay um no it's because like yeah like it's okay to be fat it's okay to to not look like what the media portrays that you're supposed to look like you know you need to be yourself you need to be confident and then look how far I've come not fat anymore (laughs) (laughs) don't worry yeah because like before yeah don't worry because like i was so i was sorry about eating and now i eat like a cow i eat a lot i eat like a horse i can eat a horse i can eat everything (laughs) and i'm still in shape because uh thanks to my uh metabolism right it's it's getting better even though i'm older but i work out and i have muscles so back then i was just scared of eating anything and yeah. now I don't have time to eat anything and I don't care <laughs> so much about food anymore. Yeah. I think when you care so much about something, you kind of obsess with it. Yeah. And you're kind of like, kind of, when you obsess with it, you just don't do well with it. But when you chill and relax, you know, everything's going to fall into place. Yeah. Absolutely. So that would be my advice for my 13 years old. Back then. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, Sarah, that's, that's all I've got. Anything else you want to share with the audience? It. you asked me everything <laughs> <laughs> perfect well where can people find more about you follow you uh how do they how do they connect with you and support what you're doing so my youtube channel is called thai with sarah t-h-a-i with and my name's sarah s-a-r-a-h and you can follow my instagram too it's also thai with sarah uh i'm also on tiktok nice. <laughs> it's thai with sarah as well and yeah everything is tied with sarah and i'm building i'm building my own website it's called (laughs) tiewithsarah.com perfect yeah that's that's my brand that's my brand i'm actually on twitter too but i haven't posted anything and it's also tied with sarah (laughs) (laughs) hey there you go you got it you're on on all the major platforms tied yeah well and linkedin also tied with sarah (laughs) perfect there you go yeah cover them all yeah (laughs) yeah Awesome. Yeah. Well, Sarah, so, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad we could uh, we could make this work. And thank you for, for staying up late. I know it's late in, in Bangkok right now. So I really, uh, yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, it's okay. It. I'm a night owl. <laughs> yeah. 
really, really, really glad to be here with you as well. Thank you for having me. All right. So that concludes today's episode of the Silicon Alley podcast. As you can tell, Sarah is doing a lot of really great things and been able to build an audience super quickly on YouTube and is already seeing a ton of success between that and her coaching business where she charges top dollar to work with her. And um, as you can tell, she's really focused on the mindset and manifestation specifically and seeing what it is she wants to achieve. And then figuring out a way to create that. So I really like Sarah's perspective and loved the juxtaposition as well as the similarities that exist in entrepreneurship, whether you are uh, in Thailand or in the US or somewhere else overseas. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Silicon Alley podcast. Please share the podcast with others that you think would get value. And uh, that concludes our episode. So I'm William Glass, CEO and co-founder of Ostrich, getostrich.com, sign up for the beta, and of course, your host of the Silicon Alley podcast. Thank you so much for being a listener. It means the world to me, and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the day. You got no time to waste, but still you hesitate. Caught in a circle saying, I'll never leave this place. Got you searching for the bright side over and over until you're looking on the inside. Yeah. One life, there's a feeling that you can't find. Holding a hole and only keep you on the outside. Special thanks to Brett Miller for providing his song Million Voices as the theme music to this podcast. Special thanks to Carolina Gancars for help directing. And thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or future guests to appear on the Silicon Alley podcast, Follow us on social media and shoot us a message at Silicon Alley Podcast on all the socials. Twitter, it's at Silicon Alley Pod. Thanks so much for listening. This is a Financial Glass production. New episodes every Friday. You know that feeling of perfectly timing the stock market, making millions of dollars, getting paid what you're worth and having your boss appreciate you, or winning the lottery whenever you feel like buying a ticket? Yeah, neither do we. It seems like everyone else gets a cut of your hard-earned money before you do. And no one seems to want you to save, invest, and get rich. Well, don't worry. At Ostrich, we are changing all that. We at Ostrich believe you deserve better than the status quo. We want everyone to live a life where money is no longer a source of stress, especially you. Ostrich is a mobile app that helps you easily set and track your money goals. Joining the Ostrich flock means you'll be surrounded by others who also want you to be wealthy and happy. Ever felt like you needed an accountability buddy to help you get that money and to make those tougher financial choices? Ostrich has you covered. The best part is Ostrich is free. And no, we aren't a bank or a broker. We are different. We are folks who are fed up with the system. Sign up for Ostrich at getostrich.com and join the flock today.